Welcome in, everyone, to an emergency edition of Locked On Gators, your daily Florida Gators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Goodall. You can throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as my co-host, Brandon Carroll. Find him at It's B. Carroll. Today is Saturday. It is Halloween. The Gators return to action tonight after a hiatus with a COVID-19 outbreak across the team against the Missouri Tigers. In that outbreak, you know, they, they've cleaned things up. They've got guys back. They're ready to field a roster, but it's still lingering, at least the after effects of it, as I can report after speaking with multiple sources, as well as a couple other reporters have reported as well, that Florida will have several players out for tonight's game. Important players, starters, key depth. It's not great. Brandon, I can tell you that Marco Wilson, Donovan Steiner, and Sean Davis, three members of the secondary, will not be playing, as well as starting kicker Evan McPherson. In depth players, linebacker LeCedric Brunson, cornerbacks Chester Kimbrough and C.J. McWilliams. Jackie Francioli has reported that C.J. McWilliams has opted out of the 2020 season as well. Quite a bit of news. We're, uh, we're lucky that kickoff is at 7.30 today, right? Otherwise, this would have been a jam-packed morning to get ready for the game. That, that's for sure. You know, uh, it, it is always seems like stuff like this pops up uh, on game day as we approach what's going to be their first action, like you said, since they had to, you know, quarantine because of the coronavirus outbreak uh, that went through the University of Florida. But uh, significant starters out within the secondary. I know it hasn't been a, you know, spectacular season for uh, any of the defense in general, especially Marco Wilson and Donovan Steiner. But that's experience that Florida's losing. That is a that that is a unit that has played together multiple years in a row and are now having to kind of, you know, it's it's going to be a fresh look and whether that helps or hurts is kind of going to be up in the air, but it, it's it's an interesting situation to follow and uh like you said, good thing this game's at 7:30 and not noon. Yeah, without a doubt. Now we have learned that it appears it's safety because they'll be missing their two starters there. That we've got Trey Dean the third and Rashad Torrance the second. So add it up, the fifth. But reg- I'm just playing around. But anyway, those two guys will be. I'm not that funny. Those guys will be starting on the back end at safety as well as safety slash star. Brad Stewart Jr. will start at star nickel corner in place of Wilson. I would also expect Stewart to move back to safety at times. Uh, perhaps we see Trevez Johnson or someone else step up at the star position in moments. Outside at cornerback, it'll be Kyer Elam and Jadon Hill, uh, as well as, I believe, Pat Moore should see a bit of a role given Chester Kimbrough will not play. Uh, and then with Evan McPherson being out, we're going to see redshirt junior Chris Howard. 904, represent. Uh, he's going to come in. He's not kicked a field goal in his career at Florida. However, he is 4-4 on point after attempts, so he at least has a little bit of experience kicking through the uprights here. Um, you know, it's it's certainly a hit when you talk about losing that many veterans. We've been wanting to see, especially on defense, younger talents come in and start playing just because they've been struggling so much. At the same time, after a couple of weeks off, it's just hard to – it's just hard to see the communication being good whatsoever, you know, after such a lapse and then to lose three key veterans on the back end. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's something uh, when you lose players like that, uh, even despite the, you know, the 
depth that will come about because of this, because we'll be getting to see the younger players step into that role. It's hard to lose experienced players like, you know, Marco Wilson and Donovan Steiner and Sean Davis simply because they are much, it, the communication goes much smoother when players like that are in the ball game because of the, you know, experience that they have playing their role. Uh, it might not have looked great to this point in the season, but Trey Dean and Rashad Torrance have never played together before. They, you know, they've only seen practice snaps uh, with each other for the most part. Um, you know, yeah, they, may, of, they, they may have seen a couple in yeah, week one, okay, but it's certainly yeah. not like a tandem that we know. Yeah, of. it's it's never been one that it has been featured. You know, they might have seen a couple snaps together, uh, you know, with Dean in relief of one of the other safeties and Torrance coming in when Sean Davis got ejected. Um, Tim plays into the Ole Miss game. But at the same time, you have to look at the number of snaps that go into a tand or a, really a trio of Marco Wilson, Donovan Center, and Sean Davis compared to what we're going to see from trading Rashad Torrance and Brad Stewart. Um, it, I'm excited in this, in an aspect, which we'll talk about in a minute to see these younger players, because I do think this gives a uh, bit of a um, refresh of sorts for this secondary uh, to be able to use some of the younger talent that Florida has failed to, to this point in the season. But at the same time, I'm concerned with how many times are we going to see that lack of communication skills impact, uh, you know, a Missouri team that kind of likes to take shots on first downs. Now, I must ask you, we know Dan Mullen will go for it on fourth down and utilize his offense, but how do you feel about kicker? How do you feel about the idea of not having someone that they think is truly the best kicker in the nation in Evan McPherson? Well... I also I so from what I've seen from kickers in the NCAA, Evan McPherson is, if not the best, he's number two, and it's I, I don't think it's relatively close um, that he ranks atop of those you know of that category um, for special teams in this in the you know college football spectrum because of how well he's played at Florida. I mean, um, he has put together some incredible games. Uh, you know, the dude has a strong leg. I'm pretty sure he kicked a 70-plus yarder in practice. I think it was uh, 65. Were, 65? Oh, yeah. Pinheiro was the one that kicked the 70-plus. That's That was crazy still. But it's still a powerful leg, and he, they were willing to try him from that distance. Um, I do think that with Howard, they're not taking a far step back because Howard is surely capable um, but once again, the inexperience of him having never kicked an in-game field goal uh, could come in, you know, to play here uh, when he's facing a, you know, in that moment. Because it, field goal kicking is much more than just, uh, you know, the swing of your leg. It is probably one of the most mentally tough things to do in football. Uh, you know, there are so many, ass, you know, different uh, facets of it that go into getting it through the uprights that uh, – I see Dan willing to go for it on fourth down a bit more just because Chris Howard's in. Um, but once he gets into the, you know, around the, uh, I'd say 27 to 25 yard lines, he, he'll start opting to kick field goals if it comes to that, which there's a good chance it does at the beginning of the game um, because of the two-week hiatus that Florida has seen in the past two weeks. When we come back from this brief break we are going to be looking forward to some of the other guys that are going to be stepping onto the field for florida today and just what kind of impact we think they could make and if they do well what could it mean for their future 
So as we mentioned, Rashad Torrance, he came in, he played 63 snaps. I know it was over 60 um, against Ole Miss after Sean Davis was ejected. So he was able to get some playing time. He wasn't great in the game. I don't think he was terrible, but he was very much, you know, a bit behind because he is a true freshman in his first game. He just wasn't there in terms of a communication standpoint with the other guys that were all veterans, and you could see that. So getting a guy like him, a guy like Trey Deed, who has flashed after moving back to safety, more reps as well as Brad Stewart, who missed a couple of games to start the year. Uh, he returned for the Texas A&M game. You know, those three guys in a position where Florida's really been struggling, yes, it's going to be a totally new look. The communication really might not be great, Maybe it does give them a little bit of life, though. We, we are fans of all three of these guys and their style of play, and I don't think any of them really bring a ton of range to the table, so I don't think they're going to be huge playmakers out in deep coverage. But if they're trying to keep stuff ahead of them, I think they'll start doing a better job of it with this secondary, at least. I agree. You know, these are guys that are all going to lay the lumber. They are going to hit, they're going to be physical, and that's something Florida's missed defensively this season. Uh, you know, Trey Dean in week one against Ole Miss, uh, for example, I, I, there was a few times where he was coming down towards the ball and making, you know, some just really bone shattering hits. And I was just kind of like, this guy is, is, you know, he's put together a pretty solid performance in his first game at safety. Now we're going to see him step onto the field as a starter alongside Rashad Torrance. And we could have a bit of a hard nosed group in that back end. Something Florida's been missing since the days of Keanu Neal and, uh, you know, that group that was really known for attacking the football downhill. Um, obviously, it's hard when you lose your number two and two, three, and I'm pretty sure like 10th uh, leading tacklers on the season. Um, Sean Davis being two, Donovan Steiner being three. But at the same time, you're getting two guys that can possibly tackle better, if that makes sense, you know? I think they make a point to wrap up, make a point to really get down towards ball carriers, which is something that's going to be necessary for a Missouri team that loves to rush the football and they love to try to control the clock, though, you know, to eliminate a Florida offense that has been stellar to this point in the year. And Brandon, we talked to defensive coordinator Todd Grantham earlier in the week, and he had mentioned that he doesn't necessarily want to rush his freshman. He enjoyed getting Rashad Torrance onto the field against Ole Miss because that was a game that they were always going to win. And, you know, it, it it was forced because of Davis's ejection at that point. But he, he was happy to get Torrance that experience to at least get some weight off his shoulders and get him ready for action down the line. But otherwise, he hasn't wanted to rush guys. Jermon Dexter is getting 25-ish snaps a game. Torrance's snaps have consistently gone down since that game. Um they went down in week two and then even down more in week three. Therese Johnson's seen like eight snaps per game in the last two games. Jalen Humphreys saw seven, I think, against Texas A&M. So that's all we've really seen. He's been pretty picky about playing these guys, and now his hand is kind of forced potentially. I mean, Torrance has to reinsert the lineup. We could see young guys out at cornerback, out at safety, if Mordecai McDaniel is ready to go at safety as well. Maybe at linebacker, Derek Wingo could step up with Brunson being out, although, granted, they've really only played four linebackers this year. It's not gone that well, but regardless, we haven't seen Brunson too much anyway. So it would just be more of a depth move. Yeah, and, you know, I think while it might not affect directly the linebackers, we're looking at a unit that is starting to somewhat take a youth movement because of these, you know, these guys being held out of action for whatever reason. 
And I think with, you know, the Sean Davis and Donovan Steiner and Marco Wilson and, you know, LaCedric Brunson, we could start seeing Grantham, ha- you know, be like, okay, my depth that I normally can use is not there. Let's get some of these freshmen in. Let's get some of these guys that I've been kind of reluctant to put into that game, you know, atmosphere. And let's get them going. Because at the end of the day, Florida's going to need depth against the Georgia and Alabama if they do get there. They're going to need it. And why not do it against a team in Missouri who really has no business beating Florida if they play their game the way they play, they're supposed to play their game. And that's just how I look at it. But I think it's so necessary for Todd Grantham to come out and allow, uh, you know, a Derek Wingo who has shown, he showed skills in high school that he could be a year one, you know, depth player at least, and then progress throughout and be a starter um, from there. It's time. It's time to put those players in positions to be able to increase the efficiency in the production that we have seen from this defense to this point in the year. Because 495 yards and 33.3 points per game is not going to win them the SEC, and it's not even going to win them the SEC East. Without a doubt, man. This game could really be like we've alluded to, and now we've got more of a reason to even think about it. Uh, The game that could make or break Florida's season. You know, Texas A&M was... The was I don't want to call it the first strike because really all you need is two strikes this year, yeah. um, um, but that was it. And then we we all thought at that point, okay, you know they lose to Georgia, it's over. That's the next one. But I mean, it might not even considering how much they're losing, considering they're just coming back from a, this time off, they might be a little rusty. On top of what we talked about all week with Missouri, you know, like I said, Florida should beat this team, but Missouri has succeeded in ways that Florida has struggled throughout the year. Like they. It, it, it is a very intriguing matchup that no one should have felt comfortable with considering the circumstances, and they just might have gotten a lot worse. So we're interested to see exactly how it will all shape out. We're, uh, we're recording this about four and a half-ish hours before kickoff, so you'll be hearing it probably just before the game kicks off, uh, and we'll see if our thoughts end up coming to fruition. But big day, Florida returns to the Swamp. Seven players are out as far as we know. Once again, I will go through it, that being kicker Evan McPherson, uh, starting defensive backs Marco Wilson, Donovan Steiner, and Sean Davis, as well as depth players LaSadric Brunson, Chester Kimbrough, and C.J. McWilliams. The Gators face the Missouri Tigers tonight at 7.30 at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium in Gainesville, Florida. And that will just about do it for us here today at Lockdown Gators. Unless, actually, I think Brandon wants to share something. Can I make? Can I make just a closing statement? Sure. I think you know it, it is obviously scary going into a game. It's spooky, even it, it is Halloween. Uh, going into a game without Sean Davis, Donovan Steiner, uh, some, and, and you know others as as important as these players have been in the past for Florida. But I have optimism. I do, and I, I'm excited to see these young players. And if they excel the way they should, or you know, the way they can, not should, there could be some serious questions that goes through uh, you know Todd Grantham's head after the game tonight. He could be pl- he could you know be t- t- uh, saying to himself, "Have I been putting this team in the right situation to win ball games?" Because right now he thinks he has, but. I'm excited. I, I'm more excited to see what they hold. Um, honestly, I don't hate this, and obviously, I hate it for the players that cannot play. But I'm excited to see this younger, 
really young defense in general step up into this spotlight uh, to take on a Missouri team that could give them fits. And that'll just about do it for us here today on this episode of Locked On Gators. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review just about anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to Locked On Gators. Follow along at SI underscore all Gators, as well as at S at Zach underscore Goodall and at It's B Carroll tonight, as we will bring you, be bringing you a lot of coverage from what should be an action-packed return to the swamp. We'll catch up with you guys next time.